If you have your scripture with you, your Bible, I encourage you to look in the fourth gospel of John, the third chapter. We will be dealing with uh, the original, actually, Nick at night. Uh, Nicodemus, who showed up to Jesus one late evening. And they had a wonderful exchange and an encounter. But the word of God this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And the word of God reads as follows. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that, you, that, that, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb to be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I, uh, when I say you must be born anew. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going to, so you can explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. This is the word of the Lord. Last week, uh, we introduced a series of messages called Encounters with Jesus. And the first encounter that we discussed was when Jesus showed up and got out of his way and went to Samaria and sat at a well and requested out of this Samaritan woman to be given water. And if you remember, the essence of the story is basically that Jesus went out of his way and removed every possible obstacle so that the lady at the well, the Samaritan woman who was filled with guilt and shame, we understood that because that's why she went at noon, so that nobody would even see her or have to talk to her or she didn't have to see the glances of rejection and shame. But we found out that even though Jesus went out of his way and removed every obstacle so that he would reach to her, she began to throw obstacles on the way. Theological obstacles, racial obstacles, historical obstacles, and Jesus removed every single one of those obstacles so that she discovered that this Jewish rabbi was actually the Messiah, the one who accepted her unconditionally. And she basically became one of the first evangelists in the stories of the gospel as she went through the town and told everybody what Jesus had told her. And she said, he knows everything about me. And yet she wasn't rejected. Next week, I'm going to be talking about a dude who decided, a fisherman who knows the ocean, who knows the seas, and this guy was challenged in such a way, he actually got out of the boat and became a water walker. 
Oh, people remind us that he sank down in the water. But guess what? He got up again in that water and he got up on that boat. And the scriptures don't tell us that Jesus tossed him over. He walked twice on water, guys. So we'll, we'll leave that for next week. Today, I want to briefly talk about uh, Nick at night, Nicodemus, who actually showed up to Jesus, you know, in the, in the dead of the night. And my question this morning would be, uh, why did Nick go to Jesus? What was he looking for? And what did he find? And when did he find it? To start with, I'd like to remind us of something else. How many of you understand the concept of having a comfort zone? Do we know what a comfort zone is? Uh, when I was in Austria, and those of you who have been at the Schobron, which was a summer palace of the Habsburg imperial family, the Kaiser, the emperor, had his own little weather. It was called Kaiser Vader. And I kind of relate to that, Rebecca, because I always put my temperature in my house very different than outside. So I develop a comfort zone where I live in relation to temperature and environment. But we also have emotional comfort zones and familiar comfort zones and financial comfort zones. Nicodemus, who was very comfortable as a ruler of the Jewish nation, one of the 70 who mediated between Rome and the Jewish nation, was very comfortable. He was actually one of the big teachers and he was actually very famous. He had an itinerant teaching throughout Judea. And in the temple, he had his regular Bible studies. Very sought after guy. Very comfortable in his position. Actually, the Jewish Talmud calls him Nicodemus ben Giron And believes that he was actually a very rich Jewish guy who accepted a sect and did many miraculous signs and helped a lot of people. He was very wealthy. He was very comfortable in many ways. Yet one night, he decided to go and find out who was this Jesus. You see, Nick, Nick has seen Jesus doing miracles. Nick has seen Jesus. And they had been asking him already. If you read in John and in Luke and in the other Gospels, you know that the leaders and the elders of the Pharisees actually approached Jesus to find out who he was, what he was doing, and in whose name he was doing what he was doing. So Nick knew about Jesus before. Why did he go? Well, there's all sorts of ideas why Nick went at night to Jesus. The first one was just, you know, he went at night just to seek curiosity. What is this dude all about? There's a second idea which I think comes from some negative Christians that said that he went at night because he was a Pharisee and he didn't want anybody to see him going to Jesus. I don't like that one. There may be also the reason that he went to Jesus late at night because late at night is when we can have some very good, deep, and relaxing conversations with colleagues and with others. There's no schedule interrupting. There's no phone calls coming in. And Jesus', Jesus iPad and iPhone was not going to ring. So, so he was there. So, but you know what? You need to understand what I've been saying here about where the disciples were and what was their thinking. Remember that they were thinking that Jesus was a political leader. You and I know Jesus as a spiritual leader, but they didn't know this. I wonder even if Nicodemus approached Jesus and tried to recruit Jesus as a leader in the future kingdom 
of the restored Israel. That was his duty. He was one of the leaders of the nation. And they dreamt with that idea that Israel will be restored one day. And I wonder if Nicodemus who says, you are doing the works of God. You are a man sent by God. I wonder if Nicodemus was recruiting Jesus for the famous revolution that was going to take place after Jesus resurrected. We study this. Remember in Acts chapter 1, the disciples, after they had been with Jesus for 40 days after Jesus resurrected, they asked him the question, are you going to restore the state of Israel now? They didn't get it. They didn't get it. So this is where Nicodemus said. Now, those may be the reasons why he went over there. But what was he looking for? As a leader of his country and his nation, as a spiritual leader of his people, he was looking to try to restore peace within his people. He was looking to try to restore hope for his people. He was actually trying to, to bring them to a peace, to a relationship with God, to restore that beautiful relationship that they had in the first temple between the rituals of the temple and the Lord. He was trying to look for the opportunity to create that. And Jesus may just be this opportunity. He was trying to deal with his issues from a worldly perspective and not from God's perspective. We know that he went to Jesus looking for something. We think we know what he was looking for. What did he find? Well, in the encounter that we read, he basically found a communication that went this way. Because he is talking to Jesus about, Israel, you're a good guy. You know, we may be able to use you. And Jesus says, you need to be born again. What are you talking about, dude? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and try to be born again? And Jesus explains it to him. Now, this is very typical in the Gospel of John. You have conversations with people, and then Jesus goes into these long discourses, which is the rest of the chapter, explaining. And in here, he basically tells him, dude, you're trying to understand something that is physical, that is temporary. But I'm talking about something that is eternal, that is above our reality. I am talking about the realm of God, the kingdom of God. You know, in John chapter 7, later on, we find Nicodemus being one of the rulers in the Pharisees. And we actually find Nicodemus defending Jesus. This is one of the times where Jesus was being questioned by the Pharisees and they were about to arrest him. Not yet, but they were about to and they were building the case. And Nicodemus in chapter 7, verse 50 through 52, comes out of the defense of Jesus, claiming civil rights for Jesus. Claiming civil rights for Jesus, even in his own place, in, with his own people. They were going to take away his civil rights. And Nicodemus reminds him, our law requires that we interview, that we do an investigation before we accuse and condemn. Isn't that right? So the rest of the Pharisees backed off and let Jesus off the hook for a while longer. The text actually says, Nicodemus, the one who went to see Jesus at night, the one who snuck to see Jesus at night, was one of them. Another translation says he was counted Amongst them. Who's them? Them are the political of rag muffin crowd that was hanging around with Jesus. 
He was counted amongst them. I don't think he obviously was not one of the 12. Maybe he was not one of the 70s. But I wonder if Nicodemus was one of the 120. Because in chapter 19 of John, at the death of Jesus, we also find in verse 39 that Nick showed up with his friend Joseph of Arimathea to help Mary, the mother of the Lord, lowered the body of Christ from the cross. And it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And I want to include John. May have carried the body over to the tomb. But Nicodemus, the text says, provided over a hundred pounds of spices and myrrh to embalm Jesus' body. Remember that day? They were so disappointed. They were so upset that the hope they had for Israel, the hope they had for a revival of their loved country had been dashed away and now is laying dead in a tomb. Very disappointing that Friday. However, however, it was three days later after they laid that body down that Jesus rose from the dead and hung around, actually cooked the breakfast for these dudes by the edge of the sea. He walked amongst them. He revealed himself as a savior, as a resurrected man. A dead man got up and walked. And if Nicodemus was involved in the burial three days later, he must have been grieving with them in the upper room, in the rental party room that they had in Jerusalem for that week. And the dashing frustration that Nicodemus had became hope. And the sadness and, and the grief became life. And Nicodemus, perhaps he thought that he may have found the Savior for Israel. But what he actually found, he found the Messiah. The one that he's been teaching for years and years in the temple. The one that he was very famous about talking about the promise of the Messiah to all that would listen in the temple and throughout Judea and, and Jerusalem. He found the Prince of Peace he found hope. He found the salvation of God himself. He found the abundant life of Christ. Just because, just because he left his comfort zone. That's what he did. He left his comfort zone looking for something that he was expecting that didn't materialize. But long and behold, that getting out of his comfort zone caused him to actually find what he was truly talking about and promising people. The Lord, the Messiah himself, he stumbled into the Messiah late at night. He didn't know it. He defended him in the courts of Israel and he did not know it. But he carried his body to be buried and he did not know it. But those days after the resurrection, he must have realized what he found. And he was so impressed with what he found that tradition, we don't know much in scripture what happened to Nicodemus. But tradition tells us that he actually became a believer and he actually went out and was trying with Matthew. He actually paired up with Matthew, who was a disciple who was dealing more directly with the Jews in explaining who was Jesus. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone? 
You see, I have found that if you remain in your comfort zone, you will never go beyond there. And I've also discovered that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And God has called this lad of hope. You guys have already made that step. By coming together three congregations into one. To be a new entity in this community. And eventually be used powerfully by God. As you and I learn to feel and move out of our comfort zones. I repeat, when do you get out of the comfort zone? Nick did at night. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the stories that you gave us of faith, of encouragement, motivation, and inspiration. We thank you for your spirit that reminds us of the things of Jesus. We thank you for your word that comes into our ears and through our hearts and blends in our spirit and transforms us. For that we ask you, Lord, to keep transforming us, not just our organization, but now, O oh Lord, our hearts, our attitudes, our comfort zones, O oh Lord. We thank you and we ask these things through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our only and sufficient Savior. Amen, amen. and amen.